The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your erectile dysfunction. Just head to getroman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Bet Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. And finally, we're also brought to you by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Use the promo code SGP and get 5% off at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. You are listening to the final EPL show of the 2020-21 season here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Also check out my website, lockbetting.com. That is lockbetting.com. I would wait now to sign up for June on June the 1st. I wouldn't sign up for the end of May. This has been a very, very futures heavy month. So I will say that for some of the new players that have signed up here for the service here in May, a lot of the picks have come through and it's saying, don't play this unless you have futures on this. Don't play this hedge unless you have futures on that. Um, we, we've skipped plays that we liked because we already had futures riding on certain teams like uh, Chelsea on the money line in midweek. We already had a futures play on Chelsea to finish in the top four. So we avoided the money line play. It's a very, very difficult month. The only way to get the most out of the service is to sign up when we are giving out our futures. That would namely be in June if you want to get Euro 2021 futures or um, or June also to get the uh, French Open tennis plays. Uh, same thing, June for the Wimbledon plays August for the Futures play for the next soccer season. There are certain months that you just cannot miss because you will end up missing a plethora of Futures. And then when they conclude, such as the uh, September Futures now concluding here in May for soccer, the service doesn't make as much sense to you. The best thing to do is to just permanently be a part of this service because this service wins money every single month. This month will be our 96th month of Transparent Track Profit. And next month, we look to land our 97th. So be a part of that as we head towards the end of the NBA season with the NBA playoffs. We're making money in MLB. We're making money in NHL. We're making money in boxing. We're making money in tennis. And of course, we have two Grand Slams coming up with the French Open next month and then uh, Wimbledon starting at the end of the month. And of course, we have the massive soccer championship of the summer, Euro 2021. And we will have undisputed coverage here on the SGP. Not only will we be doing future shows on the outright tournament winner and the top goal scorer and um, all of the groups, but we'll be covering every single group in separate podcasts. Plus, 
We will be doing a show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast every two days. And over at LockBetting.com, we will be doing a show every single day. That is unrivaled coverage of Euro 2021. Make sure you make money on that tournament and sign up on June 1st over at LockBetting.com. Moving on to this weekend's EPL. Look, it's been been no secret and uh, people have let me know. Since I came over here to the SGP, to the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast and started doing the EPL, started covering the um, started covering soccer at the 2014 World Cup and started covering the EPL in 2016, so it's been five years. This has been my worst season in terms of the locks. I have got 14 locks wrong this year across 38 weeks. Now, any other soccer capper would take that. But I think um, you guys have been spoiled and there was a period of the season where you guys let me know about that. You let me know that um, the locks weren't hitting as much. But I tell you, 99% of cappers that cover soccer would take 14 lock losses over the course of a 38-game season. Plus, two of those losses came in the last few weeks and they were half-unit losses where I've been given the double locks. And on the last episode, I bounced back by sweeping those double locks, but you don't seem to hear anything about that. So a lot of negativity um, this year. So I want to put this season behind me, looking forward to to doing that. And of course, uh, we had to cover um, the, the shows around COVID. We had to cover it around a ridiculous schedule where it started in September, but it still needed to finish in May. Uh, we had to cover things without any fans there. And we were getting some very, very strange results. But still, throughout the course of the season, we made a lot of money covering soccer. I think the picks on the show have been solid most weeks. Um, we were going we were going seven or eight out of ten. And as I said, the locks weren't as solid as they were. But over the course of 38 weeks, I got 14 locks wrong. And, um, and on some of the shows, you were getting double locks as well. So the overall record for the season is has ended up being 32 and 14. And as I said, um, considering that we don't give out anything worse than minus 200, and we very, very rarely give anything out anywhere near that price, I think that still represents a relatively decent season, not by my standards, but by anybody else's standards who attempt to cover this sport. Um, so let's conclude this season here by covering uh, match day 38. Not much to play for other than Champions League positions. The relegation race was determined a long time ago. And uh, we have one spot here to play for, for the team that finishes seventh in the Premier League because they'll get through to the Europa Conference League. And that's something that I want to talk about here at length. I know full well from um, doing a lot of research this week, watching YouTube videos, watching fan fan videos, watching Twitter accounts, looking at websites, looking at forum comments, watching ex-players on TV. Nobody, nobody wants their team playing in the Europa Conference League. And I don't think the clubs want to be in there either. So I'm not 100% sure whether the likes of Arsenal, Tottenham, and Everton will try to tank this weekend and see who can avoid finishing in seventh place because eighth place or ninth place means you're safe from the Europa Conference League. Obviously, the clubs would have loved to have finished sixth, 
But as we head into this weekend, West Ham United, after their win against West Bromwich Albion, only need a point now to secure themselves in sixth place. And that gets you a Europa League spot, as does fifth place. And that will go to the team that misses out in the Champions League. So whereas Leicester don't want to finish in the Europa League, Arsenal, Tottenham and Everton do. But that's not going to happen for them because West Ham only need a point that they're very likely to get against the Southampton team that have had a poor end to the season, a poor 2021. Therefore, these teams may, may try and tank the final week of the season to avoid that Europa Conference League. And why does nobody want to play the Europa Conference League? That's because the, qualifi- the qualifying for this tournament finishes in July and the reward for winning it is a Europa League spot and these teams will all be confident that they can get into the Europa League anyway next season by finishing in the top six. That will certainly be the case with Arsenal and Tottenham who will certainly be hoping not to have poor seasons like they have done this season and Everton if they can win just half of the home games that they didn't win this season their away form was more than good enough not even to finish in the Europa League position but to finish in a Champions League position as well. So I think all of these teams will take their chances of not destroying their season and going into the Europa Conference League, which only wins you a place in the Europa League when most of these teams will have Champions League as their main target next season. So that's why I think they'll tank. And that's why it's very interesting here to look at these look at these prices. When you see Arsenal here in the first game here at 8 to 13 to beat Brighton, Brighton 4 to 1 and 16 to 5 the draw, you have to wonder the, and look at the pros and cons here. Uh, the pro here would be that um, for Arsenal to win would be that the fans are there. So they may try and win this game just because the fans are there and the fans haven't seen them play, they might be their obligation to put out a strong team and win this game. Perhaps the owners, perhaps the owners are saying that uh, we want those extra games. We want the uh, the revenue that those extra games bring in. We need to play as many games as possible. So the owners might be pressuring Arsenal to play the Europa Conference League. But the, but the cons I've all I've already outlined for you. You have to start playing in July. Um, you have to do the Thursday the Thursday Sunday thing once again, which is never a benefit to anybody. It's loads of extra games and the reward is meaningless because Arsenal should be qualifying for the Europa League via the league position anyway. So I don't know um, how this one's going to play out. There's also the bonus, I suppose, of um, Arsenal being the top London club and finish above their rivals Tottenham. But they finished below Tottenham so many times. I don't think Arsenal fans really care about that. And it's just a case of whether these Arsenal fans are clued up or not enough to know why Arsenal have, have shoved out a load of young players out there um, to, to tank this game against Brighton when fans haven't seen them play for such a long time and why they've ended up playing the ridiculous prices that Arsenal, Tottenham and Chelsea, the London club, charge over £65 a ticket when Arsenal aren't bothering to put a team out there. So if we see an Arsenal team out there tomorrow when when the team sheet goes out, I would assume that Arsenal do end up winning this game because Brighton have nothing to play for. And if it's a free-flowing game between two football teams, Arsenal will win it. But obviously, if Arsenal um, end up putting out a team to tank, it will be too late in terms of taking Brighton here in the double-chance market because the line will move and Arsenal will move here from 8 to 13 to around about possibly 10 to 11, even money, maybe even plus money. And all the value on taking Brighton on the double-chance market will be gone. So will chances We'll take Brighton on the double chance market. Now, if Arsenal do put a full strength team out, this line isn't going to move too much anyway. So you can cash out the 
the bet on Brighton and take a minimal loss on that if Arsenal do put a full-strength team out because this game has been priced up as if Arsenal are going to put a full team out. So you may as well take your chances by taking Brighton on the double-chance market and then cashing out if it's a strong Arsenal team and riding your play if it's a bunch of kids that have been put out here to tank the game. Uh, I think that they it makes a lot more sense for Arsenal to tank the game. They really, really don't want to be playing in this Europa Conference League. And as I said, this is consistent with fans, forums, everything I've read this this, this week, and that includes ex-Arsenal players. And that will obviously filter down to the Arsenal players. And there's no way that management won't be aware of that. And I don't think you need to, to hear what a bunch of fans think or a bunch of ex-players think to make your own decision to know you don't want to be coming back in July and playing in this bullshit competition next season. Up next, we look at the game here between Aston Villa and Arsenal. Where, uh, oh, sorry, I got Arsenal on the brain from that last uh, last game between Aston Villa and Chelsea. This is possibly the most important game of the weekend because if Chelsea slip up here, they allow Leicester a route back into the Champions League. Leicester are in a position um, where they cannot qualify for the Champions League at the moment in fifth place off the back of that loss against Chelsea. So they do need a favour here from Aston Villa. And Aston Villa will be going for this game. They will be making a maximum effort. They're just coming off a win away to Tottenham. They'll be playing in front of their supporters and they'll be trying to finish as high as possible. So this is a difficult game here for Chelsea. But given that they've done the hard work, I do expect Chelsea here to go through. But as I said, this is the most difficult game for me this weekend. I think that because of the Tottenham situation with the Europa Conference League and just generally the poor form that they're in, because they were going all out to win that game against Aston Villa. They wanted to win that game against Aston Villa. They had their own um, their own future in their hands by winning out the last two games. They would have qualified for Europa League. That's the tournament they want to play in. They don't want to play in the Europa Conference League. But Tottenham lost that game to Aston Villa and Aston Villa played really, really well. And Aston Villa are going to try here in this situation as well. Their supporters are going to be there. They're going to try and finish as strongly as they can. So for me, Chelsea going away and playing this game against Aston Villa, even though on paper it looks like Tottenham is a more difficult game for Leicester, I think this is going to be the most difficult game of the weekend for those Champions League contenders. But I do think Chelsea will manage to get through. However, unlike their other games, I do think Aston Villa will be able to penetrate Chelsea in this game. So they will have to find a way to score two goals from the attack that looks very, very goal-shy and are going to struggle to possibly score two goals. And if they struggle here, they're definitely going to struggle in next weekend's Champions League final. But we'll talk more about that when we do bring out our Europa League show and Champions League shows in the week. In this spot, I like Chelsea to win, but with both teams scoring, as both teams have scored in eight of Aston Villa's last nine away, uh, last nine league games. Chelsea have won four of the last five league matches, and Aston Villa, though, have won just two of the last eight league fixtures. But they're coming off a win last time out against Tottenham. Both teams have scored in each of the last three meetings between these two teams so as I reiterate Chelsea will probably need to score two goals here to maintain their Champions League position and finish third in the table but I think in this open game I still think Chelsea will find a way as I said the hard work has been done getting into this situation um, had they just beaten Arsenal a few weeks ago none of this pressure would have been on them they would have been able to qualify here with a point but that defeat has come back to bite them in the arse and they are in a situation where they could leave the door open for Leicester. We'll look at that Leicester game soon. A couple of games to cover before we get to that. Everything here is meaningless here between Fulham, Newcastle and Leeds and West Brom. Fulham, Newcastle first, where Fulham are the even money favourites. It's 27 to 10 to draw and it's 12 to 5 on Newcastle. This is very, very short 
on Fulham and you're kind of counting on Newcastle not to have any motivation here. But even if Newcastle are unmotivated, um, I, I think I would rather take the under here as opposed to Fulham getting the win. For me, they're very, very difficult to back. Uh, under two and a half goals have now been scored in 21 of Fulham's last 27 league games. And uh, prior to that, the reason why it wasn't going um, it wasn't going under is because Fulham started poorly at the start of the season and they were being beaten comfortably by teams. 10 of Fulham's last 13 matches at home have produced under two and, under two and a half goals, while Newcastle have won four of the last seven Premier League assignments, which is why they are out of the relegation zone. Had Fulham picked up more points, this would have been a really, really interesting game on the final day because at one point it looked like Newcastle were the team that were going to go down. They were the team woefully out of form. Fulham were in form and this could have been some very, very interesting relegation playoff. Unfortunately, Fulham had been relegated a while ago and Newcastle are completely safe and that's largely down to the fact that Fulham failed to score in nine of their last 13 home fixtures. So it's very, very difficult to see Fulham winning this game, but it's even more difficult to see three goals scored here. So even though it's the final game of the season and I am expecting goals all over the place, I think this one will go under and you're getting plus money on that play here at 11 to 10 in this one. The other game here, Leeds versus West Brom. Sees Leeds is one to two favourites. It's four to one a draw and it's six to one on West Brom. Leeds have actually finished the season really, really strong. And um, I think that they'll continue to win here. I think we'll see another strong performance, especially with West Brom having nothing to play for, already being relegated. And now they're not even going to be playing to impress Sam Allardyce for um, for, for next season because he's not going to take the task of trying to get them up from the Championship back into the Premier League. He said he was going to stay and then he said he wasn't going to stay after that last loss against West Ham. So Allardyce is gone. Um, I don't think this team will put up much of an effort here. I think Leeds will win this game comfortably. Leeds have actually only lost one of their last 10 Premier League games and seven of West Brom's last eight games have produced over two and a half goals with over two and a half goals and both teams landing in four of West Brom's last five fixtures. And Leeds Premier League games have averaged three goals per 90 minutes all throughout this season. So Leeds, I think, will win this game. If you want to get a little bit more value than one to two, you can attack on over two and a half goals to be scored here in this game. That gets you narrowly to plus money, or you cannot even take leads here to, to win this game. You can take both teams to score here with over 2.5 goals, and that's available at plus money at 11 to 10 as well. Because as I said, West Brom have been scoring in those games lately, and um, that could be a good way to play this game because leads aren't exactly a, a watertight defensive unit themselves either. Next up, we do move up to that game here between Leicester and Tottenham, where Leicester are the even money favourites. It's 14 to 5 to join, it's 5 to 2 on Spurs. Leicester have really crumbled and have allowed other teams in through the back door and now they are out of the Champions League positions. Last weekend, they were winning the um, the FA Cup and in midweek, they got themselves um, in, in out of the European positions into fifth after that defeat against Chelsea. What will it hold for them this weekend? Well, if they win, they'll be relying on a favour from their West Midland rivals, Aston Villa. And uh, as I said, that for me, the Villa game is more difficult than this one. I think Leicester win this game. They've won two of the last three meetings against Spurs. Six of the last nine encounters between these two teams, though, have produced goals at both ends. However, Tottenham have won just two of the last nine Premier League away fixtures and Leicester have won six of the last ten 
home league assignment. So despite the fact their away form has been better, I think Leicester's supporters showed what a difference they made in last week's FA Cup final. They'll have their supporters here, 10,000 of them, marching them home as they look to get back into the Champions League spots. And there's a real chance of them doing it because, as I said, I've said it four or five times, Chelsea have the most difficult game. This Tottenham team have looked shit all throughout the second half of the season. And not only that... I don't know if they want to win this game. Tottenham don't want to play um, Europa Conference League. The only reason I'm more certain about Arsenal tanking that game than Tottenham is because I don't think Ryan Mason gives a shit because Ryan Mason isn't going to have the Tottenham job anyway. This will be his last opportunity as a Tottenham manager and he will put his strongest team out there. But whether the players are going to put a maximum effort out there, I'm not too sure. And... You also have the question, how many Tottenham players are going to stay here? Is the next manager going to want Deli Alley? Harry Kane, we know, is going to leave. Gareth Bale, I don't see his loan being renewed or Tottenham signing him from Real Madrid. So that's three players already. We've seen Son getting emotional throughout this season um, at, at times. We've seen pictures of him crying. This is a very, very emotional player. How good is it for an emotional player to stay at a club like this, which is notorious for letting you down? Tottenham are never going to win anything. And Tottenham are not even going to get back into the Champions league places it doesn't matter who takes over at the moment uh, Nuno Santo of Wolves is the favourite to take over having stepped down from Wolves but I don't think it's going to make any drastic changes there is just a losing mentality here at this club it's a toxic thing it always has been there just doesn't seem like there's um, that they're a team that are going to be destined for success and losing Harry Kane who's been at Tottenham since since he was a child since he was a youth player that grew up here is a Tottenham fan if he wants to leave to, to win stuff elsewhere that's going to be a very, very demoralising blow. And um, I do think Tottenham will lose this game tomorrow. I just don't see any way they win it off the back of their last few performances. A lot more riding on it here for Leicester. And obviously, we have the cloud of the Europa Conference League hanging over this team, hanging over Arsenal and hanging over Everton as well this weekend. Up next, we look at Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. And for me, out of all of the Champions League positions, this one is the foregone conclusion. Liverpool aren't going to go on this run and blow it against Crystal Palace. The books obviously agree, having Liverpool priced up here, a ridiculous one to nine to win this game. It's eight to one to draw and it's 18 to one on Crystal Palace. Um, I think this will be um, Liverpool's comfortable victory here. I don't think there's going to be too much attention paid to the Liverpool game. I've gone for Liverpool minus two on the Asian handicap line. And I also like Liverpool to score over 2.5 goals themselves. So over 2.5 team goals. And that one here is available for you at 7-10. to 10. Liverpool have won seven of their last nine Premier League fixtures. And the, the Reds have scored a combined nine goals in their last three games, including scoring those four goals against Man United and Crystal Palace. They've been on holiday for a while. They have conceded eight goals in the last three assignments. And Liverpool already beat Crystal Palace 7-0 this season when the teams met in December when Liverpool was still good and looking like they were going to challenge for the league. And then they obviously had that massive dip after Christmas, but they've got themselves back in track and it looks like they will make the Champions League here. And I think they'll do it easily by scoring quite a few goals in front of their supporters. And they'll go again next season and they'll probably be back in the title race. The title race is going to be very, very interesting next season unless Harry Kane goes to Manchester City and in that situation I think it's going to be very very difficult for all of the rest but we'll see what happens it's going to be a fascinating summer with the Euros and then all of the signings that are going to be made and then obviously having fans back properly at the start of next season unless we have um, fifth sixth seventh eighth waves of this Covid bullshit hopefully it's done 
with this um with this ridiculous vaccine that, that that's come out these these two vaccines that you need to take that are apparently going to to solve the problem listen i don't care if it um if it works or if it doesn't work i just don't want any more lockdowns i want to see a tournament with loads of fans i want to see a season with loads of fans i want these clubs to have money to buy loads and loads of players and uh, get everything on track for an exciting season next season no more of this covid bullshit these restrictions and these and be behind closed door this behind closed door atmosphere let's get fans into stadiums let's go and start watching sports again with uh, with the soccer tennis nfl whatever you're into let's get back out there and start doing that and um, let's see some uh, proper proper results that we can actually handicap without having to um handicap behind all of these all of these um all of these bullshit situations because obviously all of my handicapping techniques and, and everything that we've learned over the year in terms of stats trends spots um gut um gut bets and everything that we go on uh, nothing 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 revolves around having no fans there and having to handicap around covid and obviously we've made the adjustments over the last 18 months that have managed to remain profitable in fact i don't think i've uh, there've been periods where i've never had so many members at my service so we have done pretty well handicapping around it and we have managed to maintain our profits because look we're coming up to 96 months in a row of transparent track profit over at lockbetting.com so obviously we found a way to navigate around covid but it doesn't mean i don't want it to end right now and i never ever want to be in this situation again and that will be mainly the case for liverpool uh, despite the fact that i absolutely hate liverpool made that clear on this podcast their fans are the most passionate fans they're the ones that would have been suffered that would have suffered the most i mean when you look at football clubs here maybe it doesn't come across to the us the teams that um the the, the big, big cities that only have like one or two clubs, they are massively supported. Manchester United in Manchester and Manchester City, massively supported. Liverpool and Everton, massively supported. Newcastle, Sunderland. Sunderland have gone way down the leagues, but they are massively supported teams. In London, you have so many teams. There isn't really that kind of mass loyalty to anybody. I mean, Chelsea are a relatively new team that have garnered loads of support. Arsenal and Tottenham have always had masses of support support but you've also got loads of QPR supporters around you see Brentford supporters Fulham supporters Crystal Palace supporters I mean these are all London clubs but the real real passion comes from these clubs that are um, that are just one of the few clubs in these massive massive towns Birmingham's a massive massive town and they have Birmingham City they have Wolves and they have Aston Villa um, Liverpool obviously as I said have uh, Liverpool and Everton in, in that city so um, it, it's very very important to to these big cities that, that love their football clubs like Liverpool to get out there and watch the games. There will be a massive, massive void for the Liverpool supporters who are very, very passionate not being there. And they'll be really, really loud um, tomorrow when they turn up for this game, especially given that they missed out on the trophy celebration, even though a lot of them did just come and stand outside the ground and let off fireworks for that anyway. So Liverpool tomorrow win very, very easily. I think that one for me is a certainty when we're looking at the Champions League places. Four games to go, all of them pretty meaningless. Um, Manchester City at home to Everton, where Man City are the ones two favourites. It's four to one to join, it's six to one here on Everton. Everton, I would think, also want no desires to qualify for the Europa Conference League. I also expect a semi-strong Manchester City team here as they finish the end of the season and they get a trophy. Manchester City's last few games, though, have all had goals. 
So I would certainly tack on over two and a half goals onto any kind of City win or to be safe in case this plays out into some sort of high scoring draw. I don't think City will lose, but we could see a high scoring draw, especially with players rested here and wrapped in cotton wool for the Champions League final next week. I think maybe just over two and a half goals may be a safer way to go. And that is actually available here at four to six with uh, over four, over two and a half goals being scored in seven of Manchester City's last nine league games. Five of the last seven meetings between Man City and Everton have produced over two and a half goals with Manchester City winning 21 of their last 25 Premier League fixtures, which is why they are the champions. But they've also won each of their last seven meetings with Everton, who hate playing against Manchester City. So over two and a half goals will be the way I play this, just because Manchester City are likely to rotate um, considerably, um, even though the fans are going to be there. But I still think they'll try and win the game. So if you're brave, tackle Manchester City in over two and a half. But if you're not, just take the over two and a half goals, which is available at four to six in this one, minus 150, because I think that cash is relatively safely in what will be an open game here as Manchester City get the trophy tomorrow. Up next, we look at the game here between Sheffield United and Burnley. It doesn't get much more meaningless than this. Burnley are the 5-4 favourites with Sheffield United, the 2-1 underdogs, and it's 12-5 the draw. Don't really know what to do with this game at all. I mean, Sheffield United may want one last hurrah or Burnley may see this as an opportunity to get themselves in a higher league position. I don't know how this one plays out. I just know Sheffield United uh, very, very rarely are in high scoring games here. So because it's the final day of the season, you're getting the under at even money. And... Um, I, I don't think it's through lack of trying that Sheffield United weren't scoring goals. I don't think suddenly this game goes over because Sheffield United try harder to score goals. They've been trying to score goals all season. So the only way this suddenly goes over if Burnley are massively complacent. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Burnley will look at this as an opportunity to win on the final day of the season. So I still think this one will go over. Uh, sorry, will go under as under two and a half goals have been scored in each of the last three meetings between the two teams. And Sheffield United and Burnley are two of the three low scoring teams in the Premier League this season and as I said that wouldn't be for want of trying they're suddenly not going to discover the magic formula uh, in this game and this one just shoots over unless there's massive labels uh, massive levels of uh, defensive complacency from both teams so under two and a half goals is priced up here at even money between these two you wouldn't normally get that price you're just getting it because it's the final day of the season but I don't think that's enough of a reason here to expect a plethora of goals between these two teams up next, you've got West Ham versus Southampton. This is semi-important because West Ham are playing for Europa League spot, but there's nothing coming up from behind them here because it's very difficult to see Tottenham winning their game against Leicester. So West Ham should comfortably get into the Europa League spot, especially considering they need a point. I think they'll win this game. Their home form has been decent as of late. They're 4-5 favourites to win it. It's 3-1 to one the draw and it's 7-2 to two on Southampton. West Ham, I think, will win this in front of their supporters, although they have been better at home. They've really struggled in this ground ever since they've moved there. And suddenly you take the supporters out and West Ham win. Perhaps it's because the supporters don't like being at that ground. You hear lots of complaints about the running track, um, complaints about moving away from their own stadium, complaints about the way that it's run. Now, for those of you that don't know, this this ground is built next to a Westfield shopping centre and uh, your football supporters are not allowed to walk, walk through it. They're almost treated like zombies or, or lepers or second-class citizens. It's like, oh, we don't want the football hooligans running um, walking through our very, very nice and sophisticated shopping centre. So, West 
West Ham fans feel ostracised. They don't feel at home here in the stadium. They've never, ever liked playing at the London Stadium. And you always hear the complaints. And perhaps that filters down to the pitch. Because when I've been to West Ham games, I get very, very impatient with the players very, very quickly. And without that pressure from the fans, I think over-expect from this West Ham team and over-expect from the board of um, Gold and Sullivan. Expect them to put loads and loads of ridiculous finances into this club. And think the West Ham are a bigger club than they are. Suddenly that pressure's gone. And West Ham are doing better under David Moyes. David Moyes, also a manager that West Ham supporters definitely didn't want. They said he was boring. They said he was a has-been because he did what he did at Manchester United. said he was a defensive manager. said he didn't play the West Ham way. But suddenly, without all of that bullshit coming in from the supporters, not only have West Ham done well, but they've got their best home record this season at the ground. And they're on the verge of qualifying for the Europa League. All they need is a point. And hopefully their supporters uh, being uh, won't be there and, be, and being a distraction that stops them from actually getting to that Europa League. But as I said, even if they do manage to somehow lose this game, they would need possible miracles from behind them here with the likes of Tottenham getting a win away to Leicester. West Ham have actually won each of their last three home meetings with Southampton and Southampton come into this having lost nine of the last 10 league away assignments. This team are on holiday. They've been terrible at the end of 2021, uh, throughout 2021 since the year turned. They were at one point top of the Premier League this season had a very, very good start. But if you look at their league position, that indicates how poor they have been because if you started well and you finished where Southampton are finishing where they almost got dragged into a relegation race that's a very very poor end to the season and their manager is lucky to keep his job going into next season but looking at everything here I think West Ham win I don't think their supporters provide them with that um, unwanted distraction and I think they get through this and they occupy that final Europa League spot here tomorrow Last game, Wolves versus Manchester United. Wolves are 5-4 to favourites. This is the final game with their manager. It's 5-2 to draw. It's 2-1 to on Man United, who are going to rest the entire team because we have the Europa League final on Wednesday. Does that mean Wolves will automatically win this game? It probably doesn't. I think there's still value here on Man United on the double chance market because if it's that team that played against Leicester, they competed very, very well against Leicester and only lost that game via a set piece in the final quarter of the game. So they equipped themselves pretty well. Some of these players will be playing for places, trying to catch Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's eye, trying to squeeze their way into the thoughts of Wednesday's team. So I do think the Manchester United squad players will be able to get something from this game because Wolves have not been impressive in the second half of the season. I think this will be an open game, though, with both teams scoring as well. United have scored uh, 1.83 goals per a Premier League away trip this season season, although that has been with their first team. Both teams have scored in each of United's last six matches and the visitors haven't lost an away game in the league this season. That will be a very, very... um important thing that Manchester United should try and protect under normal circumstances but with that final and an opportunity to win a trophy on Wednesday I don't think there'll be too much consideration given into that as I said uh, on this podcast it's Nuno Espirito Santos final game in charge at Wolves many people expect him to go to Tottenham and I want to sign off with a win I just don't know if Wolves' team is good enough to beat Manchester United's second team and there's probably some value here on Man United on the double chance market at 46 minus 150 to avoid a defeat but it's the same price here on both teams to score 4-6 to six on both teams to score And I think I would lean more towards that one because um, Wolves should, they should be winning this game with their first team against the Man United second team here in this one. Closing out with a lock on the show. I'm going to do what I've been doing for the last couple of shows. I'm going to give you two locks. Um, 
they're not going to be one unit locks, but they're one of them's going to be slightly more and one of them's going to remain at half unit. So the half unit one is going to be Leicester on the money line. Tottenham are done. Tottenham are on their on their holidays now. Tottenham don't want to qualify for the Europa Conference League. Tottenham have given up on Europa League football because West Ham only need a point. And Tottenham, I don't think, are good enough here to win this game, especially managed by Ryan Mason and with so many players here on the way out. So Leicester on the money line, putting the pressure on Chelsea tomorrow. And I want you to take 0.75, so three quarters of a unit on over two and a half goals in the Manchester City Everton game. That allows you the opportunity to win half a unit. So if your stake is uh, $100 is one unit, put $75 on for the opportunity to win $50. So pick yourself up half a unit by taking the over two and a half there. So we're not doing a full unit on any of these though, but we are doing a half unit, which we've been doing consistently across the shows on Leicester. And then three quarters of a unit here on the over two and a half goals between Manchester City and Everton. And that that's available at 4 to 6 minus 150 gives you an opportunity to win half a unit or whatever your staking is on my locks uh, I don't know how you guys do it this is my system over at lockbetting.com and that's the system that I implement implement here when I give out my locks so that is the end of your EPL season. Hopefully, my clients will be cashing many, many futures tomorrow as we close out the EPL. As I said, if you want to get get in on these futures, you need to be a part of the time when the futures are being given out. So at the moment, we'll be looking at the French Open futures, which will be given out shortly. Then we have the Wimbledon futures in tennis. We'll have Euro 2021 futures coming out shortly. We'll have loads of podcasts for that. And then when the soccer season starts, we'll be giving out all of our futures between July and August. And the same thing goes for the NFL. Around the end of August and the start of September, we'll be giving out all of those NFL futures. So you want to be involved with the service at the right times because we do land over 80% of our futures plays. Now, that statistic may drop over the next few weeks because um, I don't think we are going to maintain that 82%. However, we are going to make a ridiculous amount of money from the futures that we are going to hit. So you really, really shouldn't be missing out on the futures. It's ridiculous to me that some people don't have the patience to wait these things out. You should have a separate futures bankroll. You should have a separate week-to-week bankroll or monthly bankroll. I just don't understand why people don't do it. You shouldn't treat your gambling as gambling, especially on my service. It's all investment and this is an investment. Some investments may take nine months to come to fruition, but you are still making money. It's a faster way to make money than than, than certain types of trading that you can do, unless you're some kind of trading expert, unless you're Jordan Belfort from the Wolf of Wall Street, unless you've got some magic scheme cooked up. This is a genuine way to make some money through investing in sport very, very easily. And um, we have consistent numbers for it, especially for futures. At the top of our P&Ls, every month there's futures there for tennis, for NBA, for soccer. We're constantly cashing them throughout the season because it's not just all domestic futures. We've been cashing futures throughout this season via the Champions League as well, be it the group stages, be it the last 16, the quarterfinals, Europa League, the same, whenever. So don't miss out on futures. Don't disregard the importance of futures and make sure you're involved with the service at the right times with a big bunch of futures coming up in June as I said with the tennis with the French Open Wimbledon and of course Euro 2021 and we'll have a ton of content here the next time you'll hear from me though will be the Europa League and Champions League previews in the week that's the end of the Premier League season and the EPL show thanks for listening throughout the season guys good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening